What's up, family, friends, and enemies? You're listening to That Slayer Show. My name's Kata Schroeder. And I'm Madeline Kane. And this is episode 10. 10. It's called Nightmares. <laughs> nightmare. Nightmare. One nightmare. nightmare. It was a single collective nightmare. <laughs> Kata, what theme are we exploring this episode through? So we're looking at this episode through the theme of reality. Ooh, reality. Okay, okay. Kita, you and I transported to a different reality. <laughs> Last week when we watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the 1992 original movie. That was absolutely <laughs> a different reality. How did you feel about the movie? <laughs> it was an interesting landscape of open misogyny. <laughs> Bad chemistry and odd cuts <laughs> and two long montages. There were a couple funny jokes. There were some good jokes. It was a pretty bad movie. It was. But I will say we had a ton of fun. We had so much fun. I've never actually been much of a person who watches bad movies for fun, but I now I got a taste of that life. Yes, me too. I think what I did appreciate was looking at the original movie and seeing where maybe inspiration came for characters in the show that we actually do enjoy. And that was interesting. Right. And also things that they changed or altered a little bit. I'm glad that they didn't have Buffy like get cramps every time a vampire was near. That was weird. That was weird. Um, but also maybe would explain why a Slayer has to be a woman, but whatever. I don't want to like validate <laughs> that cinematic choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you love Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, let us know and tell us what you like about it. Cause maybe we're missing, or maybe we're missing something. <laughs> maybe. Could be. <laughs> or just give it a watch for a laugh. Have some fun. So... I think it might be time for our one-minute recap. I think you're right. Okay, so this will be an interesting recap. <laughs> Are you ready, Madeline? I'm ready. Three, two, one, recap. Okay, so we open to the master in his dungeon, and he's like, reality, we can control fear. <laughs> right, and then it goes to school, and like some weird things are happening, like uh, a boy's desk just gets full of tarantulas, and he starts screaming. Yeah, and then other weird things are happening, like Xander goes into class, and he's completely naked all of a sudden, except for his boxers. Right, and so they talk to this boy, and this boy's like, yeah, well, it's just my nightmare that spiders die, and ever since then, I've had nightmares that spiders crawl around on my desk. And simultaneously, Buffy also is like going, being ushered in to take this test, and then like she doesn't know any of the answers and she's not prepared and she hasn't gone to class and that's also scary right and then a girl gets like assaulted and attacked in a basement and then she ends up in a hospital also there's this little boy named billy who is in a coma and he's always showing up at these spots where things are happening right and then willow's like hey uh this is just everyone's nightmares like giles got lost in the stacks and couldn't read yeah, and it turns out that um, but Billy was in this nightmare dimension, and it was all converging until Billy wakes up, and then everything back is back to normal. Yeah, that, yeah, yep. You know, we hit the important points. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, it wasn't, I think it was good, because there wasn't so much of a plot this episode. There was just people running from different scary things, and 
abstractly getting thrown into their nightmare reality. Um, one thing we didn't talk about was Buffy was in the nightmare dimension. She had to face the master and she froze up and became scared and... Uh, was turned into a vampire and was buried alive. And then she rose from the dead as a vampire, but she didn't eat her friends. She helped them and she saved the day. Yeah, that was good. That was good. We also learned that one of Giles' big nightmares is failing and Buffy dying. Mm -hmm. And not being able to read. (laughs) And not getting lost in the stacks. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe one important thing is that each individual's experience is a reflection of their own nightmares or fears. It seems to be catered to each person, but everyone is seeing each other's fears. Everyone's existing in the same realm and like seeing the same things, but everyone's fear is different and it's each catered to them. Right. But everyone is experiencing it. Important thing, there was a big old ugly guy who was like chasing after Billy and like attacking people, it seems. Right. And then it turns out that Billy was put in this coma because he made a mistake in a baseball game and his coach actually like beat him up. And then the big scary guy, I guess, was a the the image of Billy's, you know, scared idea of his coach. Yeah. Being abusive. Heavy. That. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the one thing that we have to say is we have no clue why any of this was happening. There wasn't really a lot of explanation. It was like nightmares and it's Billy. Right. It was it was only clear at the end when when Billy wakes up, everything goes back to normal. But exactly the mechanism behind how Billy had access to this nightmare dimension was never explained. <laughs> Minus the usual, well, living on a hellmouth, these things can be exacerbated from Giles. The science checks out. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually tracks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... Reality. Reality. In this episode where reality was so fluid, Madeline, were there any thoughts that you had? Did you think anything <laughs> while you watch? <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> One central question of this episode seemed to be what happens when nightmares become reality? So that was what was played out in this episode. But what was interesting was what we got to learn about each character through what they feared and what their nightmares were. And so one of the things that I thought about was how a lot of the fears slash nightmares were rooted in insecurity. So Giles insecure about being a bad watcher. Willow having to, we didn't really talk about this in the recap, but Willow, her nightmare was being on stage in front of tons of people and being asked to sing a song she wasn't prepared for. And That's also kind of, you know, like a fear of what people think of you. Xander had the being naked in front of the class as a fear. So a lot of these seemed to be, and Buffy was insecure about about her slaying abilities with the master. Right. That was one of her nightmares, that she wouldn't be able to defeat the master. So that got me thinking about, in relation to reality, like how do our own insecurities shape how we experience reality or like how do they maybe dictate our realities does that spark anything in you oh so much yeah i love that great i was thinking about that too like maybe insecurities you know really creating 
sort of what we see and perceive and everything. So I think about if I'm, say, really insecure about the job I'm doing, then I'm in a much more stressful reality, much more concerned. You know, anything they do is a reaction to something I have just done. If I make someone a latte and I'm worried that it's not good, then I'm going to... Anything I see them doing that has anything to do with that drink, I'm like, oh my God, was it me? Did I do a bad job, right? So this insecurity is completely shaping what I see, even though it has no relationship. I think that's an interesting thought. One of Buffy's other nightmares was her dad saying, you're the reason your mom and I got divorced and separated. I didn't want to be in the house with you. And it was, right, that was so heart-wrenching. And also, I wonder in what way that specifically shapes her reality. Your, you know, description of like the latte and then being worried that they didn't like the latte and stuff got me thinking about how sometimes when we're feeling insecure or afraid, we don't leave room for other people to have as rich or complex of a life as is the case. So maybe if you give someone a latte and they sip it and then stop drinking it or like make a weird face, maybe they could be like having, you know, a whole inner life that is contributing to their actions independent of your latte. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's not all about me. <laughs> Basically, like, I'm thinking about how insecurity really does center yourself. It, like, makes things about you. Ooh. I mean, you know, Buffy and her dad, it being all of a sudden all... It, she was the reason, actually, that everything went wrong. And Giles, with Buffy dying, Giles was the reason she died. It was all his fault. And so in that way, like, I wonder... It's not a very accurate, maybe, account of the reality of what really happens sometimes when everything is steeped in insecurity and fear. Right. No, I love that. And that sort of made me zoom out and project this idea on, you know, the situation we're living in right now, politically and everything. You know, when the new judge, Amy Barrett, was put on the bench and now all of a sudden a lot lot of white women who haven't really been that worried necessarily about their autonomy maybe are feeling really scared. It's like interesting because a lot of other people have been feeling this way for a lot longer or maybe always. And so it's interesting. But now because of this fear, white women are like centering ourselves in this situation. We're like, oh, now. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, and I think now we care right now we care like, oh, now this is the reality. Oh, oh, now it's going to affect me. And so interesting how in a way this fear is driving people's reality. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I really like how you brought up the centering aspect of it, you know, because like we're all in in a way living in our own realities. Of course. Right. Like that's something that's you can't escape. Right. Like you can't escape the fact that we all are going to filter our experience through our own thoughts and minds. And that's not in itself a bad thing, but it seems like insecurity or fear pushes other people away potentially is that too strong of a thing to say and like makes it about us like makes the onus or responsibility on us which i guess could be good but it also you know leaves more room for guilt it's just sort of a self-centering act right and what i think is interesting now to like whiplash go back to buffy is that everyone's you know self-centered reality nightmare is affecting everyone else like when they finally figure out oh people are all experiencing their nightmares but out in the open and giles goes oh we better find buffy because she has crazy nightmares yeah right 
and she becomes a vampire in her nightmare reality and she's like i'm getting hungry let's go yeah. right and so it's interesting how that can end up maybe being harmful to other people yeah right and what and you know just like you were saying each person's nightmare was a, was happening in the same shared reality so like buffy's fear of the master and then she died, fed into Giles's fear of being a bad slayer. So what it's initially presented that Buffy dies because of, of her nightmare, but then it connects so well to Giles's fear. And, you know, it's like a domino effect. If one of us is afraid and one of us is acting out of fear, then how does that affect people around us and their fears? And then are we creating our own nightmare dimension, like where we're all just afraid of everything all the time? Is that too strong? Let me know if you think that's too intense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is intense, but it is interesting. I mean, maybe. And I mean, let's, you know, we can take a step back and see, does that track? Let's see what's going on in our world right now. Because on the one hand, fear can make us self-centered and it can be harmful. It seems clear from this episode that fear does sometimes dictate our reality. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and because... I mean, I'm thinking about how maybe fear is for some people the thing that's making them understand that their reality isn't the only reality, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if suddenly if suddenly white women are really for the first time feeling like they are threatened in their autonomy, maybe that's the call for them to also realize, oh, we're like late oh, to this reality. A shared fear may lead to a sense of community. Well, maybe that, or maybe also to a little bit of humility and recognition that people have been here already Mm -hmm. and we've just been living in a different reality, Mm -hmm. right? So hopefully that incites action to make everyone's reality better. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if something needs to change, you first need to acknowledge that there's a problem. And maybe fear sometimes can be the catalyst for an acknowledgement of a problem. Absolutely. And Buffy, the problem was Billy was in a coma. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay, I have an idea. They all were able to figure out that it was a nightmare dimension and that Billy needed to be woken up for it to be reversed. I think largely because they were all experiencing the same reality. So I'm wondering how does Unity play into like if something is wrong and you want to invoke change in the world is it necessity for everyone to be able to acknowledge a reality so like in the u.s is it hard to invoke change if black america is experiencing a different america than white america and if white america is blind to the reality and refuses to acknowledge it Mm -hmm. yeah i think you're right it took not not only everyone collectively experiencing their own nightmare reality, which I think in a way, I mean, parts of America did over the summer, right? It took the squad also coming together and being like, hey, this is the problem. This is what's happening. And then moving forward, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the guy who, the big, scary man who wasn't actually the nightmare maker... <laughs> Diffuse, diffuse villain. <laughs> but I love that term. Is that a real term? What? Diffuse villain? No. That was a great phrase. But like most of the villains plaguing America are pretty diffuse. Yeah. Absolutely. Nameable, but diffuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sort of had another reality I was kind of thinking about. Well, it's a little chiller. So <laughs> 
I was in the very beginning of the episode, Willow and Buffy are talking about how Buffy's dad is going to be hanging out with her this weekend. And I just sort of thought about how like they have very different home realities. Their family realities are really different. Buffy and Willow. Yeah, it's just interesting that you know, they're going to go home to different realities and their lives are shaped in different ways. Yeah. Of their different, you know, family structures. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's a super tangible point, right? Like we can all reflect on our childhood and family dynamics and acknowledge probably the role they've had in our lives and then take a moment to recognize that every one of us has had a slightly different or starkly different version of what home and home life means to them. Right. And Madeline, anything you anything you enjoyed? Anything at all? I liked how relatable everyone's fears were. I mean, at least most people's fears. Having no clothes on in front of a school, being on stage and not knowing your lines or taking a test and not knowing the answers. Like these are all really ubiquitous stress streams that a lot of us have had some version of in our lives. And I liked that even though all of our fears feel specific to us, it's interesting that like we can all relate to everyone else's fears in this show. And maybe we're all kind of afraid of the same things. We can like understand where everyone's right. Or like, oh yeah, I've had a dream similar to that. I mean, I've never had a dream about spiders. I'm not afraid of spiders, but like I have had dreams about taking a test and not knowing the answers or like having everyone's eyes on me on a stage. I definitely have had dreams about like being in school and then all of a sudden I'm like not wearing a shirt or like not wearing pants or something. Right. Those are terrible, 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 terrible <laughs> dreams. I really love that they addressed that. One. Isn't that odd that you would have the same nightmare that Xander has? It's like there's 10 nightmares <laughs> total. <laughs> there's something that's comforting to me knowing that we're all afraid of the same things, I guess, partly because when you are afraid, you feel, feel very alone. And there's some comfort in knowing that you're not. Yeah. What beautiful. about you? <laughs> there were a couple moments where sort of a bit of a light got shined on Giles and Buffy's relationship. I like how Giles very quickly thinks of how Buffy has bad dreams and is very quickly like, oh, we better we better find her because she's going to be, you know, having some terrible experiences pretty soon. And I like that in this moment where everyone's being kind of centered in their fears, Giles is like, Buffy. I like that thoughtfulness. And then, you know, obviously there's some personal pride or dignity or standards wrapped up in wanting to be a good watcher to Buffy. But also I thought it was pretty moving that one of his nightmares is that Buffy dies right. <laughs> and that he couldn't train her to be a better watcher. So, yeah, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. It was, you know, a nice glimpse into their relationship that wasn't icky. Anything you didn't love? Yeah. I would like to have seen one of the characters have like a really fucked up nightmare. I mean, the 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 worst we see is I think the clown with the knife. The thing that I didn't like was how innocent everyone's nightmares were. A lot of the things people dream about are really taboo things. I feel like a lot of dreams involve something sexual or like, but that's yep. like really bad. And you're like, okay, I'm not going to look into that too much. <laughs> <laughs> Therapist dream of anything lately? Nope. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I think I, I think I would have some. Not that I'm trying to like watch the characters have like weird sex, but I <laughs> do. I would have loved to see someone's <laughs> sex stream get actualized, right? Like if everyone's everyone in Sunnydale is having their nightmares become reality, like you'd think we would see something that's just a little more fucked up than like Willow being on a stage and not knowing the lyrics. Right. Right. Yeah. What about you? The Nazi Germany references are just getting to be too many. It's episode 10, and there have been five throughout the first season. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's recap. Let's recap. All right. Episode three. The witch mother is referred to as a Nazi, and Willow says Heil. Uh, Willow's Jewish, but yeah. Right. Yeah, but let's continue. (laughs) The second one was, oh, in the I Robot You Jane episode when the evil computer changes someone's essay so it's about why the third reich was a model for utopian society or something then we had the principal in episode nine referred to as the fuhrer oh my gosh then we had uh xander say something about nazis walking all over his face would be scary which is well true (laughs) well true Oh, yeah. And then there were just swastikas painted on the wall. I know. And I guess so that got me thinking like, so it must be someone in the school's nightmare. Yeah. To be a target of the Nazis, you know, to be in Nazi Nazi Germany would be like someone's nightmare. Right. Yeah. But it isn't that too. It is an odd number of uh, Nazi references and. Like, where are the Stalin references? If any of our listeners have info on the situation of Nazi German references in 1997, reach out. Send, Send us, us an email. That com. Kita. Madeline. Do you have any advice for any of the characters? You know, this is a little, a little far out there, but maybe... I think it would be nice if the maybe there are enough resources for the kiddo baseball league to just do a little bit more background checks on its coaches. We didn't even really talk about poor Billy, but <laughs> poor Billy. We also don't know what happened to him. I think his coach beat him up to the point of he was in a coma. That's my that was my interpretation of events. Was the coach it seemed like it was hinted that the coach was just trying to kill him? I interpreted I interpreted it as he maybe lost his temper on Billy and then and then at that point he didn't want Billy speaking about what happened to anyone so he's trying to go every day to talk for maybe I guess. Yeah. Cuz then he was like so upset when he discovered Billy was alive. Conscious would be the word. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Madeline, any advice that you have for the characters? Okay, so my advice this episode is for Buffy's dad. Buffy in this episode, one of her fears is that her dad won't come to pick her up after school for the weekend. And this is the first time we've seen him come down in the show so far. So it seems like maybe he he maybe says he'll come and then he doesn't. And that's why Buffy's worried that will happen this time. And so my advice is for Buffy's dad to follow through with what he's going to say. If he's going to say he's going to come down, make sure he's living up to the promises he makes. And also maybe have a, a discussion with his daughter about what he's going to do to maintain their relationship and ways that he's going to prioritize her And I think that could go a long way and like be reassuring for Buffy. You know, it's not really Buffy's job to maintain the relationship with her father. I mean, obviously, a relationship is like a two part thing. 
but I think as her dad, he needs to make sure he's like putting in the effort to make sure that she feels it feels like he is someone that she can count on. I love that, Madeline. That's really beautiful. Thanks. Totally unrelated to my life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the 10th episode of That Slayer Show. It is our Jubilee. Well, what's a Jubilee party? for? <laughs> oh, I was like just hoping to celebrate that we'd made it to 10. Oh, know? yes. Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this episode and our other episodes. Oh, um, we have an email. So if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, let us know at thatslayershow at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, aside from sending us an email, go ahead and leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Yeah, and feel free to follow us on Instagram at That Slayer Show. Our cover art was created by the amazing Holly Colvin. And this podcast was inspired by Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your days. Bye. Bye.